All right. Happy hump day. It's Wednesday, May 6th, and it's post Cinco de Mayo. And you are watching Joycelyn Wells or listening to Joycelyn Wells on Joy Exposed. And thank you for joining me. Um, three cheers of joy. It's how we get started. It's how we'll start. Um, we won't do anything different. We're going to dive right in our regular way. And so three cheers of joy. If you don't know, three cheers of joy is three moments of self-celebration, three moments that have absolutely nothing to do with anybody else, just you. So that's what we're going to start with. All right, so for my first cheer of joy tonight, I am, my first cheer of joy is I'm happy that I live in Lakeland now. During this time, I'm happy that I'm in Lakeland. And the reason I say so is because it's so pretty here. There's so many lakes. It's Lakeland. So there's literally a lake every mile or so you're going to come up on a different lake, maybe a little bit more. So I'm really grateful for living in Lakeland right now. So that's my first cheer of joy. Oh, and cheers of joy, uh, three cheers of joy is brought to you by Menage a Trois, Luscious Pinoa. So I'm only drinking red wine. I had to give up the liquor. I'll tell y'all about that later, but I'm drinking red wine. So cheers um, to living in Lakeland. My second cheer of joy is that I'm finally coming out of whatever that COVID-19 depression funk I was in. It hit me really hard. I was talking about it today on a conference call and I'm finally coming out of it. I still haven't written anything. I haven't been in the mood to write. I can't access that yummy part of me, um, but it'll come back. So I'm definitely happy to be coming out on the other side, to be smiling, to be laughing, to feel beautiful, to, um, geez, just to want to get out of bed in the morning and not just sitting around. So I'm really pleased with that. So cheers to coming out of my COVID-19 depression. So my mom is, is on here, so I better take my hair down because she'll say something about my rep cap. So I'm going to take my hair down. Okay, mom, I took it off. You didn't say anything yet, but that's a good off. <laughs> so, um, that's my second cheer of joy. My third cheer of joy is that I'm competitive. I know that I'm so competitive. I didn't know this growing up because I never played any sports. I think I've shared that before. Um, oh, <laughs> I, um, oh my God. I never played any sports or anything. So I um, didn't know how competitive I was and I'm, really competitive. So that's something that I'm kind of growing into as a, um, as an adult, just recognizing that. And I have the drive for it. So I'm uh, pleased with that. So it's my third cheer of joy. So cheers to being competitive. Let's see. My first cheer of joy was living in Lakeland. My second cheer of joy was coming out of my COVID-19 depression. Thank you, Lord. And my third cheer of joy was just recognizing that I'm a fierce competitor. So I'm very competitive. And I'm really liking that about myself. I wish I had known that earlier. So cheers to all of that. I hope you guys are having a great evening. I hope you're drinking something yummy. And you have your own cheers of joy too. So thank you, thank you again for joining me. So cheers. Thank you, Terrence. Thank you. Hi, Mommy. All right, so I have to say hi to my good girlfriend who lives in Italy because she has insomnia, so she's awake. So it's literally 3 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock a.m. there, and she just sent me a message and said, I guess I'll be listening live tonight because she's usually asleep and she listens the next morning. So, But she has insomnia. So she's in Italy, and they've been nine weeks on quarantine, and that's something that she's struggling with because she's living there working but she doesn't have any family there and she said it's literally been like nine weeks without any contact like human touch right so we have to understand I think for us in the United States we are move around a little bit more because you know we're a democracy you know nobody can really tell us to stay home you know nobody can mandate that we can do it so um 
it's really interesting that, you know, when there, if they say you have to stay in, you have to stay in and they have guards on the streets and you're not able to move or go to the grocery store, you know, very limited in your movement. So that's been a big struggle for her. So we're waiting for her quarantine to lift so either she can leave or people can get into her, you know, so that's, um, so I want to give a shout out to Dawn because she is rocking it in Italy by herself and spoiling herself crazy with gifts, right? So um, just trying to stay on top of things. So thank you, Dawn, for being here tonight. And I hope you get you some sleep. I love you too. I hope you get you some sleep. So I know you'll be working hard tomorrow. It's Thursday, throwback Thursday. I got a great picture I'm gonna post on my Facebook for tomorrow. So mm, Dawn, I love you. I can't wait to see you. All right, so let's keep it moving. We have, um, I didn't really get any Facebook posts of the week. I probably have some, but um, let me skim through here real quick to see, because I got some other stuff I want to talk about. I may forego the Facebook posts of the week to talk about some other stuff. Um, yeah, I'll forego that. I'm going to tell you guys the story. So I started really exercising again. I usually do some form of exercise because in my mind, I feel like as an older person, I need to exercise. If I need to, I need to be moving so that when my kids have to take care of me, I'm not like a big strain on them. I'm still able to move around and stay active. So that's been a big deal for me. And um, I recently started back exercising because I hadn't really exercised during my COVID depression, my COVID stupor, I'll call it. I hadn't really been exercising. I had only been drinking, you know, doing my tequila or bourbon and way too much of it. And that's another story. But anyway, so I went exercising and, you know, I don't go like from not exercising for weeks to a couple of miles. I don't exercise and then I go walk five miles. Like I don't, it's just, I don't have a middle. I just go, it's extreme. So my leg I was complaining about my knee, my left knee aching, and it was burning on the inside. I was like, oh, my God, my leg hurts so bad. And I'm not big with complaining, but it was hurting bad as hell. So I asked my daughter, I was like, I need something for my knee. It's just hurting so bad. And she was like, well, remember I gave you that um, honey stick? And I was like, yeah. I was like, but I don't want any weed. Like, I don't. You know, I thought it was like an edible. I was like, I don't want any weed. And she was like, no, it's just CBD. It doesn't have the cannabis in it. It's just the CBD. And I was like, are you sure? Because I've had it for like a week. And she was like, mom, I promise it's just the CBD. I know you don't want any weed. I know you don't want that. But this will help you with your pain. I got it for you. So I was like, okay, you know. So I, my legs hurt and it's burning on the inside. Like it was just like in a place I couldn't reach and I was miserable. So I took some CBD oil that I had and rubbed it on my knee. And I took um, like some ibuprofen, you know, anything. Those are things I had done, you know, leading up to this. And I was just trying to get my mind to deal with the level of pain that I was in. Well, after she told me it was CBD and I was up for anything, it was either that or try to go to urgent care. That's how bad it was hurting. So I opened the, the the little honey stick and I ate a part of it and I asked her, I said, did I eat enough of it? And she was like, eat the whole thing, eat it. You can eat the whole thing, it's just CBD. That's what they say, it's just CBD. So I was like, all right. So I ate the rest of the honey stick. I ate that honey stick and I laid in the bed and watched TV and I'm still, you know, rubbing my knee, rubbing my knee because it hurts so bad, rubbing my knee. And eventually I, I turned my TV off and went to sleep. I woke up the next morning, my knee was brand new up in this thing. <laughs> it didn't hurt at all. I was like, I was like in the bed, like flexing it and moving it, like bending it and stuff and raising it up, wait, just trying to get the angle for the pain, no pain. After that, I was like, oh, I am going to get me some CBD. I'm going to get me some of this because this is, my leg hasn't felt this good in years. So I made it a point to keep that at the top of my list of things to do. And I asked her, I said, hey, you know, you don't want to go to your kids and ask them for drugs. <laughs> that just doesn't seem right to me. I'm like, hey, Jasmine, uh, could you get me some more, some more of those honey sticks? And she was like, oh, if I see the guy, I'll get him. And I was like, okay. So a couple days passed. And, you know, I'm like, 
uh, did you see the guy? Did he have the honey sticks? You know, that kind of thing. And she still hadn't seen him. So Sunday, I was online on my phone trying to find a CBD dispensary near me here in Lakeland. And I found one called Lizard Juice. And I went in there and I got me some honey sticks. I got me some edible frogs. All of it CBD without the um, cannabis. And then there was another thing called Kratom. It's another kind of leaf that they um, grind up and take it for pain. So I got some of those. I haven't tried those yet. But I'll tell you what. I've literally been, I've been walking about 10 miles a day, just between 9 and 10 miles a day. And it'll ache a little bit. You know, and I put the ice on it just in case. But it'll ache a little bit, but it's nothing like it was with that burning sensation. So I'm sold on the cannabis. If you, I mean, on the C- CBD. So if you have any aches or pains, anything that stops you from doing stuff, you need to look into that. Get you some. And, it, man, it was so worth it to me because I'm really active and I don't like to be laying around. So that was kind of funny because, I, you know, I was like, shit, let me get some more of this. <laughs> so I got me some more. I got me. I went to the guy and I got 10 honey sticks and then four edible frogs and then um, the Kratom. I think it's C-R-A-T-O-M. I asked my son to research that because I would never heard of it. But I figured I would try it because it's for pain and, you know, I don't want to get on something that's going to have me hooked because I can't afford that kind of stuff. I can't afford to be hooked to anything. So... That was, you know, so my leg is doing a lot better. That goes in line with me and my competition, me and competing because I'm competing in a fitness challenge at work, and then I'm competing in a fitness challenge with some friends on Fitbit, and I am rocking the numbers. I'm leading in both right now, and I'm saying this right now because Faceless Love is second in the friends group, and his ass will get on the treadmill tonight. I'll wake up in the morning and be in the, I'll be losing, be in the second or third spot. So, but, you know, it's a really just a great group of people that's in the group. It's like seven of us. And we've been doing this now for more than a year, just every week. You know, some weeks I'm down, some weeks I'm up, some I'm down. I've been down for several weeks, and I've come in last place, and I just didn't care. And I just was over it because I was in that COVID depression thing. I couldn't make it happen. But, you know, I'm out now, so I'm just going to, you know, take it and make it the best that I can. So cheers to that. Get you some uh, CBD. I told my mom about it, so I'm going to have to get her some because we got a trip planned. Me and her going to, I think we were supposed to go out west, but we think we're going up north. We got to figure it out. Whatever is open for us. Another thing before I get into um, the rest of the night is that I, I had a painting. I'm having a painting commission for my faceless love. <laughs> So I chose the painting that I wanted him to have. So it's a gift to him, but it's a painting of me. So I have this amazing uh, visual artist. His name is Jason. And uh, Jason J. High, he's, if you live in Atlanta, you can see him on Wednesdays at Cat's Cafe. But he is paint doing this painting of me. Well, Jason and I talked the other night. I'm like, Jason, when the painting is done, I'm going to do a private dinner party to unveil it for maybe, you know, 10 of my closest friends, some family closest friends. We're going to unveil the painting. Jason's like, I'm in, bet. So I, because y'all know I do stuff. That's my mind. I'm in my mind getting stuff together. Well, I told Faceless Love, I said, I said, babe, when the painting is done, we're going to um, have an unveiling. We're going to do a dinner party. I already know who's going to cater it, who's going to do it, and it's going to be elegant. And we're going to have an unveiling of the painting, and the artist is going to be there. And Facebook's Love was like, my painting? So I was like, yeah, it's a great painting, and we're going to get to share it. He was like, I don't want to share it. And I was like, but it's not about you. It's about the artist and showing off his work and unveiling his artwork of me. It's just your painting. He was like, but can we do another painting where you're not nude? (laughs) I said, are you serious? 
you got a problem with that? He was like, yeah, I don't want, I just don't want to have an unveiling and you're nude. And I was like, whatever. I brushed it off because it was late at night. So that was the end of that. We talked about some other stuff. Well, the next day, and this is how faceless love and I argue. This is a legit argument. So the next day I was like, hey, babe, last night you were saying you didn't want to do an unveiling of the painting. Like, what's up with that? He was like, I wasn't drunk. I know what I said. I said what I said. So I, I started laughing. I said, oh, you're, I said, you'll feel differently once it's done. He said, no, I won't. I don't even know why we're still talking about this. That's, that's one of our arguments, right? So I laughed. He laughed. So I said, um, I said, well, I'm already planning the unveiling. I said, I guess I'm just going to have to send another picture so he can do two paintings and we can unveil the other one. I was like, that's just going to be pretty expensive, don't you think? He was like, I guess that's what we're going to have to do, babe. <laughs> so I had this, because y'all know I'm such a whole, I'm a whole free spirit. Like, I'm like, I'm a free spirit. I can be dressed or nude or I, none of that matters to me. So this painting is going to be amazing because the pic, it's a great picture of, um, it's a great picture that I took like a few years ago and Faceless Love loves it. It's one of his favorite pictures of me. So because of that, I said, oh, I'm going to have a painted, I'll have a painting and he can put it in like his office or wherever he wants to put it. But it, wherever he's going to put it, he said he doesn't want to share it. So <laughs> I'm going to have to send Jason another picture and do two paintings instead of one. So I just thought that was kind of funny. I wanted to share that. And I know he's laughing. And that's what that's the funny thing about him. When we're having a difference of opinion about something, he'll literally say, I'm done, I'm done talking about it. Well, I don't know why we're still talking about it. Like, that's him in the argument. And I'm like, is it just over like that? <laughs> I struggle with that kind of thing. But you know what? It's really cool. So, but so Jason is going to do the painting and it's going to be absolutely gorgeous, I know. Am I freezing to you guys? I feel like I'm freezing. I look like I'm freezing. So it's going to be absolutely gorgeous. And I'll share it. I'll share a little, but um, I'm not going to be able to have it at the unveiling. I'm going to have to come up with another picture for Jason. I think I'm back. Let's see. Let me forward this. Okay, I'm almost there. I hate when this happens. I'm going to have to figure it out. All right. I still feel like I'm freezing now. Let's see. I can tell when I'm moving really weird. All right. So here's the thing. I was, hold on, let me say, I'm back. Okay. So where was I? Oh, okay. So I was in, we were in Daytona for my birthday. My girlfriend had come down to uh, make dinner for us, which is really fun. She's an amazing chef, right? So she was like, I'm going to come make, I'll make dinner for you guys. I'm going to come down, right? So we're there, like, you know, and this is Faceless Love and I haven't been seeing each other for very long. So us being together was still kind of new. Like you pay attention to everything and you don't want to mess up, you know, all that kind of stuff. So he, <laughs> so we're there and we're just sitting around after dinner, I think. And we're, and he's telling the story. He's like, yeah, we're sitting around talking. And her girlfriend was like, you know, she just really wish she had a date. She had somebody there with us and we go to the beach and, you know, just kind of, you know, spend time with, you know, women, we always want some snuggly time, right? It doesn't matter. We just want some time. So he was saying that she, um, 
was talking about how she wanted somebody with her. He said, and Joy said, yeah, Joy said, well, just get on Tinder. Find somebody on Tinder. <laughs> so he's telling this, and I'm sitting there like, did I say that? <laughs> so he was like, yeah, she was like, just get on Tinder. Swipe a few times, find somebody to hang out with. You know, it's cool, no big deal. You're going home tomorrow, you know. <laughs> So I'm laughing, dying laughing. Faceless Love is laughing. Everybody's like, she said that? And so we're, we started laughing, and I, I said to him, I said, this is hilarious that you even remember that. He said, yeah, I remember that because it made me say that's something I'd say. He said that's something that I would do, but for you to say it and like it was no big deal, like it was okay, that let me knew. They let me know that you were mine, like you were my motherfucker, right? And I was like, I was like, yeah. I said, it's a lot of things that's happened to let me know that you and I are equally yoked. Like you're my equal yoke. Like you're my, you know, you're my equal yoke, right? So you're my guy. So one of the guys was like, man, I don't want anybody that I'm equally yoked with. And Faceless Love was like, yes, you do. He's like, yes, you do. He was like, no, nah, because I'm this and I'm this. He said, man, I'll tell you what. He said, you find somebody that understands you, that's like you, he said, and I'll tell you what, it doesn't require any thought. He said, all you do is be yourself, love them, love yourself, love them, have a good time. You don't have to figure out if the words are going to sound harsh or if this is this or this is this or this is this. He said, that's the best thing about it. He said, she she is mine. She is for me because of the way she thinks and the things that she does and the way that she acts. Man, I laughed so hard because I was thinking like, how much stuff have I just said like on the fly, like whatever, and paid no attention to, but it's stuff that he held true to himself. But for me to be like, get on Tinder, find somebody, that's something I would have done. She wasn't as open to it on that occasion as I have been open to it on occasion. <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious because I think that he is very reserved and he's spent a lot of his life uh, fitting into the mold of, fitting into the mold of what people expect and to be pleasing to them. And now, being in a relationship with somebody who's outspoken and free-spirited and let's have a good time and turn up and party and like nothing really bothers them and can apologize or kind of explain away why they're having a downtime. He's kind of like, this is really interesting. <laughs> and he's getting a little comfortable with who he is, which I found out from my mom that I have that effect on people. And, and my mom said it. She explained it to a friend of hers. They, they were saying, when's your daughter coming back? Because when your daughter was here, you were so sassy and laughing and having a good time. And my mom said, she, my mom said, my, when I'm with her, she doesn't judge me. She does, I can do whatever I'm going to do. She doesn't judge me. And that's how my girlfriend in Italy is. She's the same way. Like, I can do whatever. There's no judgment. And my sister and Faceless Love and my friend Stephanie and, you know, people understand, like, if I hang out with Joycelyn, I'm having a good time. I ain't got to hear about it tomorrow. I can do whatever I'm going to do. I can get drunk or pass out or flirt or whatever, and that she's going to be okay with me, and it's not going to be an issue. And I think I've said that before. That's what I offer. That's what I offer in friendship. I offer safety, I offer security, I offer, I just give permission pretty much to be who you are, because that's me, like, I'm going to be who I am, I don't know how to cover it up anymore, and I tried for years to minimize who I was to satisfy people around me, but now I know this is who I am, so if my administrator is challenging me for a step contest, I can tell him, Get your ass ready, because I'm going to beat you. Don't challenge me, right? So I don't have a problem with that. Before, I would be like, well, I want, I want to walk, but I'm not going to walk too much because I don't want to beat him. 
you know, I would do something like that. But now I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna win. <laughs> what you gonna do? So I think that's really good. Oh, <laughs> Dawn said, I have one thing to say. Don't talk or ask questions. <laughs> that's right. You don't need to know all that. You just get what you're gonna get and you're gonna leave. <laughs> Yes, Stephanie, uh, you know we can have a good time together. But now that you're drinking Jose Cuervo, I can't wait to hang out with you. I didn't know you started doing that. Oh, sorry. Y'all see that my mom is probably cringing if she's on here. She hates for me to open stuff in my mouth. But, you know, okay. Sorry, mom. Anyway, so we have, um, you know, so that's me as a person. That's what I offer. I offer safety and I offer security. Which brings me to a few weeks ago, I started talking about Maslow. He's a psychologist, and he had a theory on the hierarchy of needs. And I started talking about the physiological needs. That's the basic level of needs that any of us have. And sex falls into that. Put that straight out there. Sex falls into that, the basic level. And that, so that's something we all need. But when you can articulate that you need sex, and not confuse it with other things, it's easy to take care of. Men do it all the time. The men don't have a problem with it. I had to figure out for my own self and my own rules, one of my rules of dating is that if I wanted sex, I wanted sex. That's what I was going to do. I wanted sex. I didn't want to be any deception, any subterfuge or play play. I know what I wanted. That's what I wanted. Because I knew once I got it, I was not going to be interested anymore in the person that I targeted specifically for that, right? So I, you know, but I had to learn that for myself. I think a lot of times women get caught up with wanting somebody to have sex with, and that means facilitating a fake relationship or forcing somebody to be in a relationship or forcing somebody to be with them when that's not even what they want. And they start settling for all this bullshit because, this is a person that's providing sex. And because of what we were taught about sex is that you're very discriminate in how you offer yourself to people and how you share yourself. That's how we're taught growing up. But when you get older and you realize sex is what I wanted, I didn't want it. I don't want to eat dinner. I don't want to talk. I don't want to know anything about you. I just really want to have sex. When you get old enough to say that, then you become more inclined to move forward in your own path because you're able to satisfy that it's like eating eating is a basic physiological need as sex is when you eat you don't want to have a relationship with the chef at mcdonald's all you want is some french fries right you ain't got to talk to him no more give him my french fries and go when you have a need for sex we tend to build these fake relationships to show interest to get what we want it's easier for women, I think, to say, hey, to a guy, hey, I want to have sex. And the guy's like, shit, okay. <laughs> the guys are like, all right. So it's easier for women to say it and guys to give it than for guys to want it. Then they got to go woo somebody to give it to them. They got to go play the game, the cat and mouse, the this and this. Because if a guy goes to a woman and say, hey, I want to have sex with you or I'm just trying to fuck. The woman's probably going to be like, oh, you're disrespectful and da-da-da. So it puts women off when guys say that. But if a woman says it to a guy, he's probably more inclined to just do it, right? But that's just how we're wired. I mean, that's the difference. Nobody is, because of societal guidelines that have been established for generations, women aren't supposed to enjoy sex. And this is a conversation my mom and I had that women, a lot of women feel that the their participating in sex is for their partner the you know it's now coming of a time where the women are and i don't even know if it's as much my generation or the generation after me is that the women are understanding that sex is a pleasure for them i have a need for sex i want to enjoy sex it and it ain't got nothing to do with you it's got to do with me but the generation before me there are a lot of women that were still caught in just doing it for somebody else and there are women in their late 60s or early 60s, late 60s, 70s that will tell you they never had an orgasm. They never had an orgasm. And they've got kids. They've got kids. They've had a husband. They've been with people. But they, uh, they think that they're there for the pleasure of the other person. Well, somewhere along the way, it was determined that women are supposed to enjoy it too. 
I'm happy that I am aware of that. I'm happy that my mom is aware of that. I'm happy that my daughters are aware of that, that you do do what you want to pleasure yourself. You're not doing it for somebody else, that you're doing it for your own pleasure. So that's a big deal with satisfying needs. So when we talk about our basic needs, and sex is one of them, that's why I brought that up, the physiological needs, you're talking about air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, sex. They're all very basic. You have to do anything great to be able to get those. That's you born, those are things that you need. Air, food, shelter, you're going to you grow through that. So me as a friend and I say this is that I offer safety for my friends. And I don't know how I'm able to do that. It's not something I cognitively made a decision to say I'm offering my friends safety. It's just me saying that when I'm with my friends or for my friends, that is what I offer. And that's where, that's the second level above physiological needs, your safety needs. And those include personal security, that's hanging out, doing what you can do and knowing that you're safe, employment, maintaining a job, uh, resources, making some money, your health, owning property. Those are all your safety things. When you get to a point and you're able to do those things, you're literally climbing up the ladder. And that's where I'm going to spend a few minutes talking before we I move on. Is that we don't understand that people exist in different places. And once you do things, it's hard to keep going because there are five different stages to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I... I'm a true believer of it, right? I, I believe in the philosophy, the theory, um, and I've read about it and studied it, and that means a lot to me. So after you've satisfied your safety needs, you go to love and belonging. So let me tell you what happens. People get jobs, and they start buying things. They have their own place to live. They're doing well. They want somebody to share it with. That doesn't mean they want to have sex. Sex is there. But they've grown from just the sex to love and belonging. Now I want to be a part of something. It's a growth process. So the problem is every step gets harder until you get to the fifth step. When you get to the fifth step, which is self-actualization, things just flow your way. Because now you're working in your purpose. You've maintained all these great things. You have went up the rung, the ladder, the rung of the ladder, and you're doing well. So when you get... But you got to get through all the different stages to get to the self-actualization. The problem is when you're hungry and you eat, what happens? Your motivation decreases for eating, right? So you're hungry, you eat, and you're like, oh, okay. You don't keep doing the same thing to get to the food because your motivation decreases. And that's what keeps a lot of people stuck at different levels because once you get a job, you get some money, some resources coming in. You're paying your bills. You get to buy stuff, right? Once you get to that safety place, a lot of people get stuck in the safety place because I can't leave my job because that's what pays my bills. Whether you like it or not, you have a job, you're going, you're getting a paycheck every two weeks. You're able to do the things that you, you're able to maintain, not even necessarily do the things you want to do, but you get stuck in that space because your motivation decreases to get to the love and esteem. So a lot of people will tell you, I don't think I'll ever get married. or I don't think I'll ever be in a relationship. I mean, I'm fine right here. They know their motivation to get to the next place has been zapped because now they're satisfied. They found themselves satisfied with what they want. Well, getting to the love and esteem is going to require something else to come out of that safety place and put yourself a little more vulnerable to the love and the trust and the esteem. And we'll talk about that next week. So I think this is very interesting. And there are a lot of theories on growth and development. There are tons of them. Well, there are several. I won't say ton. There are several. But Maslow has always made sense to me since I was in undergrad psych class. That that made sense to me because I need a systematic approach to being great, a systematic approach to being of my purpose. And so Maslow... That get, got it for me. And you know, you kind of ebb, you can ebb and flow, you can ebb and flow between the different levels. But the idea is to get there and meet the levels, to be able to um, achieve each level, to get to self actualization. So you have your basic needs, which 
That's your sex, clothing, sleep, shelter, food, air, water. The bare minimum. I mean, that's that's literally existing. Then you have your safety, which I'm talking about tonight, providing safety to people around you, helping people get to safety where they're able to take care of themselves. Um, they have a job. They got resources. They're healthy, and they can buy property, right? Their health is important to them. A lot of times people's health isn't important to them. They think they're going to live forever. That's because they that's because they don't understand yet that they are human and they have some control over that. You have a lot of people. There are a lot of men that don't go to the doctor. There are a lot of women that won't go to the doctor. There are a lot of people that take advantage of the fact that their body is functioning. That was a big deal with me for as much as I was drinking. I was drinking. And I kept thinking like, Damn, my liver is a real trooper, and it's going to be a trooper until what? It's not. <laughs> so I had to kind of get myself in a mind space that, okay, I can't drink like this, so what am I going to do? I'm not in a place that I can say, okay, I'm only going to drink this much. I literally, what did I say earlier? I only have a bare minimum and an extreme. So it's either drink or don't. And I decided I'm not going to drink any distilled liquor. I had to remove that completely from my diet. So it wasn't even tequila or vodka or bourbon. I was like, I've got to be in control of this, so I'm taking distilled liquor out, period. And that's what I've done. So it's been a last Wednesday. I had Hornitos tequila on Joy Exposed. That was my last distilled liquor. And I did. I have had some wine, which is fine. And I got some wine, and I have had – this is my first glass of wine tonight. Shit. I had sangria yesterday for Cinco de Mayo. It gave me a headache. Ugh. So, I mean, I tried. I was trying to celebrate, but I gave me a horrible headache. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't interested in that. So it's not pleasing to me. But I had to go through a space of control for myself, not anybody else. I talked through it. I talked to you guys about it several times. I got to stop drinking so much. I need to stop drinking so much. I told Faceless Love I'm drinking too much. I got to stop drinking. And I had to literally get to a place that I said, okay, this is it for me. I'm not going to buy a bottle of tequila after this. And that was my last bottle of tequila. I still have some bourbon and um, put up, some really good bourbon too. I have that put away, but that's okay. It's not open, and I have a partial bottle that's open, and I'm not going to drink it because I told myself that I wasn't. So that's me recognizing my esteem. That lets you know where I am when I think about myself and holding on. So... We have to know that there are different stages to us growing up. We never stop growing. So there are different stages to us growing up. And as a friend, I was really impressed with my mom or really pleased with my mom saying that she can be herself without any judgment from me. And it's helping. What's happened with our relationship is that my mom has seen me as a child her whole life. She's always seen me as a child. But the problem is I didn't stay in that child's place because I'm growing as a woman. So I can't, just because she sees me as a child doesn't mean I get to stay there. But she would see me as a child. But when she when I came to her, I came to her as a woman, right? That's the thing is she had to kind of shift her own ideas of what's supposed to happen. And then she realized like, you know, she is a good, she's a good woman and she is my daughter and she's going to take care of me and she loves me and I love her and, and I'm safe with her. And so, you know, she and I talked about that and um, that made me very happy that she can now see that I am a woman and I am a safe space for her. Her seeing it now says a lot for when she gets, as she ages and she needs help she'll recognize the safety and security and no judgment that she saw in me, right? That'll make her more comfortable in transitioning from where she's living to possibly with me or near me. When I start making recommendations for her movements, she'll trust that I'm doing it in her best interest and I'm not just doing it because, right? And that's a big deal we have to think about with our parents. And, and our children are going to have to think about that too. How are they going to take care of us? So, you all, what you, my thing for you guys is that you have to kind of think about where you are in your life. And you have to know that you can't be stuck where you are and you're not being a, if 
you're not being of God's purpose. I won't say, and you're not, because I don't know. We don't know. If you aren't being of God's purpose, if you don't know, you have to figure that out. Are you being of purpose to the universe? Are you doing what you're supposed to do while you're here? Because we don't get any second chances. This is our life. We don't get a do-over. We have to make the make the most of it. So we'll talk about love and belonging next week. Tonight we're talking about personal security, employment, resources, health, and property. If those are things that you have accomplished and you haven't made that leap to love and belonging, we're going to talk about that next week. What do you need to do to get to that place of love and belonging? What do you need to do to continue to grow? How do you move up the hierarchy of needs? You may know people, adult people, that are stuck in the physiological needs, the basic needs. That's not a good place for anybody to be because if they're stuck there, they're going to try to drag you into this physiological space with them, and that's not where you're going to be. And I think that's why um, Faceless Love and I have such a good time together because we are both kind of focused on being our best self and being of purpose and doing our thing. That's a big deal when you find somebody who can articulate that, their words and their actions to show that they're moving and they're growing. That's a big deal because a lot of times people want to hold you still because they're stuck. They don't want you to grow because they're not growing or they're afraid to grow. Fear is our biggest, uh, our saboteur is fear. Our own mind is the thing that keep us from moving and keep us from joining. So let me see what else I was going to talk about tonight. Um, oh, I know. I was talking about being of our purpose. I got a few minutes left. I know we had some technical difficulties. I'm going to try to work on that for next week, too. I'm sorry about that. So when I had the pleasure today, I haven't seen my son since the pandemic started, since we've been locked in the house. So what, six weeks, seven weeks here? Into uh, February, March, April. Yeah, so seven weeks. I had, we usually go to dinner on Wednesdays. And so this is a thing that people don't understand when you're dealing with other people. My ex-husband and his wife, um, my ex-husband is a custodial parent, parent of our son. My, our son lives with him. He's 17. So we have this pandemic going on. So I would like for my son to be with me, right? I want to see him and I could demand that. But my ex-husband is trying to protect his home too, right? So he's limiting movements. They're kind of self uh, social distancing and keeping the family safe. So I had to respect that. So I told my son Monday, I, we were texting and I said, okay, the city's opening up. Can we see each other for lunch or dinner on Wednesday? Is it time or do I still have to wait? He was like, oh, it's fine. Let's do it. To, let's do it. So I was like, cool. So I got to see him today and, oh, whew, that's my baby. Let me tell you guys something. He has grown probably two inches since I saw him last. It's only been a couple months. He's like 5'10". He's got like full beard. <laughs> He's so good looking. Oh, my God. And I looked at him and I just stood. I stood. I felt so small next to him. Right? I just felt little. First of all, he has a man presence. I mean, because that's something that's encouraged that he is a man. I've always encouraged that. So he has a man presence, and he his voice is, his voice has gotten deeper, and you know, so all of that stuff has been happening over time. So I'm looking at him, and he hugged me, and it was like he just wrapped me in his arms, and I was like, "Oh my God, you're like a whole ass man, like you're a man," and it took me a moment to be like, "Wow, my baby is a man, is <laughs> a man, like he's gonna be." shit in college next year he's gonna be somebody's husband he's gonna be somebody's dad like he's a man it's different looking at my daughters because they're kind of replicas of me you know i see me i see them i see them i see me but um for my son he's different like he's he's taller than his dad he's my complexion he's like a male representation of me right so he has qualities of both of us, but I can see myself in him. And I'm like, damn, he's a man. So he and I went to eat. and we went, He wanted to go to Chipotle. He was treating me to dinner today because he had some Chipotle coupons. And he was telling me he didn't have much money because his money was 
tied up in investments. That's what he does. He does investments. He tries to make money and it's not helping because one of his friends, a friend of a friend invested their money in Tesla and made like $25,000. And so my son is like, okay, I got to get back on my investments. So they're serious about trying to make some money. They're like hustlers on the stock market and they're like 11th grade. Like, so they're young playing the stock market. So anyway, we go to um, Chipotle. He bought us lunch, which was really nice. We had lunch. We couldn't eat in, so we ate out, and we sat there, and we talked. And as I was driving him back home, he asked me. I was telling him that one of my colleagues passed away. Um, Josh passed away, and I was telling him about his service. And he says, Mom, you know, what are your thoughts on death? And I, he said, I've never asked you that. What do you think about death? And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, you don't really seem to be bothered by it. What do you, th I just wonder what you think about it. And I said, well, I said, I really always say that death is the greatest gift of living. And he said, what? I said, death is the greatest gift of living because once you die, it says that everything you were supposed to offer to the universe, you've done it. And your time date stamp is on there and you're able to move from your physical self to your spirit self into the next realm of living. I said, so to me, death seems to be a separation of I'm working to get to it. So I've done it and I'm moving on. So he was like, wow. He's like, mom, that's really interesting. I've never had that conversation. No one ever talks about death that way. And I said, well, if you're going to quote me, make sure you use my name because that's my original quote. You know, so we laughed about it and stuff. And he says, well, let me ask you this. And I said, <clears throat> what is it? He said, do you have any vivid memories of your childhood? And I said, I do. I said, I have vivid memories of my childhood, things that happened to me, but I also have vivid, vivid memories of a childhood that I never lived. So I don't know if it's me or somebody else, but he's like, oh, you do? And I was like, yeah. He says, well, do you know that every atom in your body, there isn't an atom in your body that was in your body when you were a child? I said, I can believe that, you know, because the body reprocesses itself and cells die. And so I get it. Yeah. So it made sense to me. So I was like, yeah, I understand that. And he said, so don't you wonder how you can remember the things that are vivid from your childhood? I said, not really. I said, the thing that I worry about or wonder about the most is how can I have such a relationship with my grandmother and I never met her? Because my grandmother died when my mom was 11. So I never had... I never had an opportunity to meet her, but I've always had a relationship with her. Like, I feel like this is a person in the next realm that stays connected to me, that gives me information and gives me advice. And I feel really connected to my grandmother's presence, you know, whether it's whatever it's through. But my mom was so young that she, when she passed away. So I was telling my mom one time that I talked to her and my mom was like, you what? And I was like, yeah, you don't talk to her? She's like, no. And I was like, well, I've always talked to her because I never had her. So I felt like I needed to reach out. So I always have since I was little. So my son was just saying, um, as we were talking uh, about that and dreams and stuff. And I said, well, I see things that aren't mine, but I see them. And I can even see in my tomorrow different things. I said, so maybe I'll, it's in another life. Maybe it's in a different realm. And he says, oh, a multiverse. I said, a what? He said, a multiverse. I said, what's that? He said, it's a theory on multiple universes. And I said, there's a theory about it? You know, so, you know, we had this whole just in-depth conversation about it. The thing that I love about talking to my son is that I've always talked to them very open about conversations and things. Like, he's the person I told to look up the Kratom just in case he can buy stock in it. But I've always been very open to talk to him. And I love that he's a young man. And they always say men mature slower than women. But he can have these conversations from a philosophical perspective and from a education perspective and from experience, right, and just dealing with me. And I love that about him because he's so, he's not immature, he's not selfish, he's kind and he's considerate and he's loving. And those are the things that I've always wanted my children to have. Those are the qualities I've wanted them to have. 
when I would say I'm not raising them to be children, I'm raising them to be adults. So that was a big thing for me. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, he is going to be such a great, great man. And, um, and I'm really pleased. I was pleased to see him today. And we talked about he's going to retake his SATs. He made a 1360 on his SATs, but he took it when he was sick. He had been out of school for two days. And he took the SAT sick, and he made a 1360. So he need, he only needed 1320 to get into University of Florida, but he made a 1360. So he's going to retake it to see if he can get a higher score because he said, like, part of it, his head was hurting, and he wasn't, you know, all in, but he wants to retake it to get a higher score. So he's applying to Florida, Harvard, Johns Hopkins, the Johns Hopkins, and I think UCLA. So those are his four. And maybe he said he may have a fifth one. So I'm really pleased with his choices. Florida is his number one choice. His dad and I both went to school there. So he's, you know, that's his number one choice, which is good. And, you know, it's right in Gainesville, so not so bad. But, yeah, so that was, you know, we talk about growth and safety and your hierarchy of needs and what do you give your kids and how do you allow them to grow and, you know, that, I, when I see it in my children, I it just blows me away because I'm. I was telling my son today. I said I think the men who come into our family, my son-in-laws, my son-in-laws, Facebook loves. I said I think the men who come into our family learn very quickly that we are some strong ass women, very independent, goal-oriented, driven. I'll do it myself. Like, I think the men who, right, go Gators. I think the men who come into our family learn very quickly that there's a a bell curve to existing because my daughters are, as loving as they are, they are cutthroat. So, um, and I kind of like that. I like that they can let somebody know, no, you don't get to fuck me over. I like that. I, I like that. It'll save them from a lot of crap. So it's 10 o'clock, and um, don't forget, you can listen to any of the episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, YouTube, and you can also purchase my books on my website, www.joycelynwells.com. I am going to try to finish the Happiness Starts With I soon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it tomorrow and see if it puts my, gets my yummy juices to write get them flowing again because I need them I'm I feel like I'm ready to write but I feel like I just can't I just don't have any words right now so um it'll come back though it's okay I'm just maybe I'm just resting I did do a lot four books in three years that's a lot right I I have done a lot so any of you can find anything on my website www.joycelynwells.com you can find my blog from when I was in Italy different um things in my blog, some stuff I've written about Facebook love, some stuff I've written about different roles in my life, about my children. So there's tons of stuff there. I thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. And I'm sorry we had the technical difficulties. And I will see you guys next Wednesday. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Have a great May and take care of yourselves and your family. And remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. Good night.